Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 785. Yes, I would say go to those places where you're afraid. Conquer your fears and great things can happen. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Renee Brinkerhoff. Hey, Renee, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I am totally buckled up, cinched down, and ready to go. All right. Love it. Renee Brinkerhoff is the founder and driver of Valkyrie Racing, where she currently races a 1956 Porsche 356A Coupe in road and rally racing events. Back in 2013, at the tender young age of 57, in her first race car of any kind, Renee became the first woman in the 30-year history to win her class in the La Carrera Panamericana, an event known as the world's most dangerous road race. Raised in the U.S. and Southeast Asia, her enthusiasm for life was no doubt shaped by her surroundings. And for 30 years, a voice in her head told her that someday she would go race a car. In her three years of running the La Carrera Panamericana, Renee continues to be the only woman driver amidst 80-plus men. That is very, very cool. So, Renee, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment, share a little bit more about your racing and, of course, your passion for automobiles? Well, I love racing, and in particular, the 356 Porsche, and it's a an adventure that I started, like you were mentioning, at the age of 57, totally unexpected, never planned this, never thought this would be happening in my life, and I'm having the the time of my life. You know, what's what's really wonderful about this is I know that you were uh, in the business world, and then you were a stay-at-home mom, taking care of a family, raising a family, and you get to a point in your life when you realize, I want to do something fun for me. I think that sounds like what happened to you, right? Exactly. Actually, I um, was a pre-med student and got married, started a family, ended up homeschooling my kids and really didn't have any time for my own life and my own passions. So I had this one liner in my head that I was telling myself that it was one day I'm going to race a car. So at 56 years old, I'm folding laundry and I catch myself saying this one liner and about died in my socks right there. <laughs> Could not believe what I'd been telling myself and then realized I had to go do this. You know, this is so much fun. We're going to learn a lot more about what prompted this and how you went about it and all the fun things that came from uh, deciding to grasp some adventure in your life. But first, as we continue on your journey, I always like to start by asking my guests for a success quote. This is a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars, yeah? So, Renee, take the wheel. Well, this quote is really just something that I live my life by. It's my motto, I guess you could say. And I live my life with a view of what am I going to be saying to myself at the end of my life? And that is that I don't want to have anything that I'm going to regret. I don't want to have 
to have, be saying that I did something that I regret or I didn't do something that I regret. <laughs> so I sort of live my life with that view in mind. Well, that is definitely a way to go through life. You know what comes to mind is I had several past guest women on this show that did something very similar to you fairly recently where they decided they wanted to go do something wild and they have gone out and done off-road rally racing and they'd never done it before. In the case of Michelle Davis, she built her own Jeep, went out racing. Some of these women went to Dakar and ran in Africa. So you go, girl. I mean, I just love the fact that you just decided, I'm going to go do this. I'm going to have some fun. And you picked one of my favorite cars, an old Porsche. So that's very, very cool. Well, let's go back in time a little bit. I would love for you to share a story that instigated your passion for cars. You must have had some kind of a love and passion for cars during all these years. Is there a pivotal moment in your life when you knew that you were a car gal? You know, it really wasn't until I did the La Carrera that I would say that I'm a car girl. I didn't grow up racing. I didn't grow up around race cars. I didn't grow up watching it. I knew nothing about it. But when I had that experience in 2012, when I went down there just to put my feet in the water to see if I could do this and if I could, it loved it or not before I tore up my car, it was this moment of realizing that I had been bit by a bug. The first year that I went down there, I did a little navigating, a little driving with somebody who actually had a 356. Our first morning out, there was a fatality. Three days later, five guys you know, in cars launched off this cliff and all piled up down below. Ugh. Last day of the race, someone died. I mean, these are all things that normally would deter somebody yes. from doing something. Uh-huh. But actually, for me, it was like, I loved this race. I loved this whole experience, the adrenaline, the open road, the challenge of it. And I totally got bit by racing. Well, you know what impresses me incredibly about you, Renee, is I, my listeners know that I race vintage cars on tracks for about 12 years. But to go off and start a racing, a vintage racing career, if you will, or a real race career, the way this is run, and to do it in that arena, oh my gosh. I mean, what... What came into your head to say that that's the place you were going to start? Oh, my gosh. That was that is just basically it's called the Internet. Someone (laughs) had mentioned this race down in Mexico, and I was trying to learn about different types of racing. And they talked about, you know, there's this race in Mexico. You're on open roads. And I thought, oh, my gosh, that sounds amazing. So I got online. I started reading about it. I said, oh, great. South of the border, seven days, open roads, sort of dangerous, crazy and I hadn't, you know, had in really any adventures for so many years since I was a kid and all the things I experienced as a child with my family. So I just checked that box and said, I'm going to go do this race. Oh, my gosh. I mean, this is just incredible. Let our listeners who are not familiar with La Carrera Panamericana, tell them just a couple facts about this race. Because like you said, it's seven days, many, many miles in Mexico. It's an organized run, but you guys are not just touring. You're driving fast, right? Yeah, it is definitely all about speed. It's the fastest car that that wins. Yet you still have to get to the last day and the last finish line in seven days. It's 2,000 miles, and they close these amazing roads, clear the traffic, tell people not to go out on the road, to stay off the road. They can spectate, but to not cross the road. And, of course, there's still people on the road. There's still animals, livestock, everything happens that's wild down there. Right. But you go as fast as you dare and you bite off what you're willing to bite off. You can go down there and just have fun or you go down there and just 
go down to be competitive and come out on top. Yeah, I've got a couple of friends that have competed in this event. And one of them was flying back from uh, Car Week last summer with me. And I sat down next to him on the plane and we spent the two hour flight looking through all his pictures of that event. And, and this guy's raced all over the world. He's done every event there is. He said, this is the thing to do. So talk about jumping in. You didn't just dip your toe in the water. You jumped in the whole pool. So <laughs> I jumped in the deep end. <laughs> the very deep end. So yeah. I'm impressed. I'm really impressed. I feel like a wimp now. Holy cow. No, no. I better get my act together. Well, Renee, what I want to do now is take a look at some of these wild roads you've driven down and talk about a huge challenge or even a great failure. Hopefully it has to do with this event because there's certainly a lot of opportunities for challenges and failures at the La Carrera. So Walk us through one of those that you encountered, maybe something that kind of led you to think, maybe I shouldn't be doing this, and tell us how that experience helped you gain even more momentum to keep moving forward. Okay, well, you know, in 2015, we went down to the La Carrera, and it was my third year to run in my 356. And every year before, the car was still in development. There's so much you could do to it, and, you know, resources were tight, time was always tight. And we never really had time to train in the car, test the car, anything. But in, you know, 2015, we had that opportunity. We were able to take it on the track, do some testing. And I actually got some seat time in the car, which was a total rarity. In fact, the first year I went down in my car, I told my crew, this race will be my racing school. So that's how green I was. And we went down there and I had a little more confidence because we'd won our first year and we'd gotten second our second year and taught, you know, placed at a really high standing overall. And I thought, okay, you know, 2015, this is really going to be our year. And we went out on the qualifying round and I I was in the car driving obviously behind the wheel and my navigators in the car next to me and when you're in that situation you really don't talk to each other he's calling the turns and I'm focusing on what he's telling me and on the what I'm seeing right. and uh, he, I was started yelling in the car something's wrong with my car and I just kept yelling something's wrong and still don't know to this day what that was we ended up going through a turn and we were going off. I was going off the road and going off the road was going down. I don't know how far down it was, but it was definitely not where we wanted to be going. I was able to bring the car back in, but then I'm looking straight ahead at, at you know, 12 to 20 people standing there spectating. They always pick the most dangerous place, <laughs> you know, course. where the action's going to be. Yeah. And I was so afraid I was going to run into these people. I ended up hitting the guardrail, flipping the car and ended up landing on my side of the vehicle. Oh my my so, gosh. So here we are in the qualifying round and had all these great hopes and goals and we're done. You know, oh. the car is an absolute wreck. And oh, no. so we're thinking we're finished. And I just looked at Roberto and we said, you know what? We can get this car back on the road. We get the crew here. We've got a great crew. Let's see if we can get this car fixed and run this event. So it was really challenging for me because I began to second guess everything that I had accomplished. Yeah. Um, you know, do I know what I'm doing, et cetera, et cetera, right? Right. And, and, you know, trying to get the car fixed. So trying to not show my own insecurities and my own self-doubts and to everybody else because you've got this crew and having to inspire everybody, we're going to get this car fixed. We're going to get this car back on the road and trying to overcome all those difficulties plus all my own internal difficulties. And it was an amazing, amazing learning experience and growing experience. We ended up getting the car back on the road after two days, uh, finding some serious problems with it and uh, ended up finishing our class, got across the finish line in Durango got second overall in our class. Wow. And to me, that was that was the best year, the biggest win. It was phenomenal. 
Oh my gosh, you took us on a wild ride there. Oh my God, <laughs> that is absolutely incredible. So, whew, man, well, I'm so glad you're okay and your co-driver, of course. Man, oh man, yeah, well, as they say, that's racing. Things happen and you just got to keep plowing through. So that's my takeaway here from this. Not unlike many things in life and business, you got to just keep plowing through all the difficulties. Just keep looking forward down the road where you want to go, not where you are, to use a racing acronym here, because that's what they teach you when you race is you don't look where you are, you're looking where you want to go. And it sounds like that's what you did. Absolutely. And Mark, the other thing is it just really drove home that racing is a team. Yes. You can be the best driver. But if you don't have a well-prepared car, if you don't have a crew that can keep that car on the road, whether it's a track or in a rally race or whatever, you're done. It really is a team effort. And to keep everybody on board and to be this great unit fighting together, winning together. It's a phenomenal thing. I've had dozens of racers as guests here on Cars. Yeah, almost every one of them has said to me that how you win a race is about 90% preparation, showing up at the track ready to go. Mind, physical body, your car, your team, everything. So, wow, what a story. Well, let's shift gears and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share an aha moment you had with this racing that you're doing. One of those times where you went, oh, yeah, this is where I need to be. Well, let's see. There's a couple of them. I think, um, let's see. I would say for me, the aha was then when I would start telling my story and it's just in a casual conversation and I would watch the expressions on people's faces <laughs> yeah and then the questions that they would ask and I realized that my experience and what I'd gone through had a value other than just for myself and those around me but that it was an inspiration to other people and it was a, a way that I could um, encourage other people to go after their dreams go for their goals and to achieve those things that maybe they didn't think they could or they should or you know to break through those barriers and to go for it. I just found there was a platform for me to be an inspiration. You know, that's a really nice way to put this is to be an inspiration because as I mentioned before, I've had some women on this show that had never been involved in racing and all of a sudden they went out and did these crazy races. Uh, Rhonda Cahill, uh, Rachel Croft, I mentioned uh, earlier Michelle Davis. Uh, there's been several others and these are women that decided I'm going to go out and do something to challenge myself And they've all said that they came back with so much more confidence, so much more willingness to try new things in their lives. And these were most of these women were at home housewives, teaching kids, raising families at home, schooling, just like you were doing. This was something so far off their radar, but they decided they found out about it, that Internet thing you talked about, that darn Internet. And (laughs) they realized, you know what, this is something I'm going to try, I'm going to do. And of course, they had great spouses behind them pushing them and saying, yes, you can do this and their children, family members and all that. So, wow, very, very cool. Let's talk about a proudest career moment in your racing ventures here. I would assume you've had a few. That one story you told us about the crash and carrying on is definitely something worth being proud about. But is there one that stands out for you? Oh, golly, you know, I think it was probably that first year that we went down in my car. It was a brand new team, a new car. I, you know, never prepared a car. And the man who I'd done it with, you know, it was a new thing for him as well. Everything about it was brand new. And then when we got on the podium the first night of the first day of racing and Lalo, who uh, it's his race down there, La Carrera Panamericana, he made an announcement that I'd made history and La Carrera history uh, for a women and that I had won my class and in my debut race, et cetera, et cetera. So that was unexpected. It was lots of fun. And 
Again, it was a team effort, but I must say, I, it just felt wonderful. Oh, of course, of course. You broke a, you broke some ground for future women to come along and say, you know what? I think I can do this too and open some doorways. So definitely something you should be proud of. Let's have a little bit of fun and go back in time. I'd love for you to talk about your first really special car. Now, it might be this 56 356A, but maybe there was another car in your past. But kind of talk to us about that car and share a special memory you have with it. Okay, so the car that stands out for me was in high school when my dad bought me a used, souped-up VW Bug that had, <laughs> cool. it was silver and it had pinstriping on it, and it was my first experience of driving a car that sounded like a race car, and and I just totally got me into this experience of what it was like to drive a car, to learn the craft of driving, and, and the whole experience of when you get it right, how great it feels, and you know, learning to challenge myself and how much you can get out of a car and shifting and all that. It was just so much of all of this, I think, starts back in that car. You know, what's interesting to me here is you come back around because a VW Bug is not too far different than a 356A. <laughs> they have absolutely basically the same motor in the back, same weight distribution, same kind of car in many ways, a little more power in the Porsche, of course, and your car probably has even more power. But here we are. You came all the way back around to your roots in essence. That's very nice. I love the OVWs. My second car was a 67 Carmen Ghia, so very similar to a bug. My sister had a bug. Uh, it was a couple years newer than my car, but uh, very familiar with those things. Pulled many a VW engine out to work on it. <laughs> well, how about seller's remorse? Is there a vehicle you let go that you always wish you had back in your garage? Okay, I'm just going to tell you, it's that same car. Same car? <laughs> I, I totally wrecked it. I rolled it and totaled it. Uh-oh. And it, what actually would happen was I was 19, working a graveyard shift at a coffee shop, trying to, you know, on my own, my first, like, adventure before starting out for college. Yeah. And uh, flipped it because a bee was on my leg and crawling, <laughs> and crawling up. Oh. And uh, I said, oh, my gosh. I looked down and then looked up. I was going off, overcorrected, rolled it, totaled it. And that is definitely a car I still wish I had in my garage. Oh, uh, you know, this reminds me of one of those silly stories you hear from insurance companies about how cars get wrecked. A bee made me roll my car. <laughs> so <laughs> there's a little bad trend going on here, though. You rolled the VW. You rolled the 356. So uh, let's not do that anymore. Okay. No more. No you, more. <laughs> you've got plenty of experience in rolling cars, that's for sure. But yeah, watch out for those bees. Well, let's talk about today with Valkyrie Racing. What do you have planned right now? I know there might be something special going on. And what's the future for you with racing that Porsche and down in Mexico, the La Carrera? Okay, well, I am sworn to secrecy, and so I really can't tell you too much what Valkyrie Racing is doing, but I can say it's going to take us off this continent, and it's going to take us off-road, and uh, it'll be something that'll be history-making. Wow. And and uh, we're going to start talking about it here in the next month or so. But that's the, what's going to on with the 56, which is our rally car. Uh-huh. And then I, ha- I have a 57, same car, 356A. And it's our Valkyrie Gibbs car. And it's going to t- undergo a total transformation. And we're using that car for children that are um, homebound because of terminal illness or severe illness or in hospitals. And they have events where you can go down and bring your cars and 
and it's just doing something fun with it. That car race is vintage racing, but I also want to give it uh, another life where it can put smiles on kids' faces. Oh, wow. Well, how cool. Well, you got to make me a promise. Once you can release this top secret adventure you've got planned, God, my mind's racing now. Where is she going? Another <laughs> another place, long distance, road racing, dirt race. Hmm, there's a lot of options here. So when you, uh, when you find out what you're up to, you let me know so I can let my uh, social media folks on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and all those know about what you're up to because you've got me really curious now. So, uh, yeah, sounds like fun. Wow. The adventures have not stopped for Renee. Well, if you were a car, Renee, what kind of car would you be and why? Well, I'm, I'm going to guess, I'm going to just probably sound boring, but I love the 356A. I really call my car my alter ego. <laughs> it's the year I have is the same year that I was born. However, that happened, I don't know. <laughs> I really think, that, you know, the car has a girl's name, though I sort of, when I say to myself very confidentially, because I don't want, it's just between the two of us. Okay. But it's a very feminine car. It has these beautiful curves and it has I just love the shape it's it's, to me it's a beautiful woman and yet it has power it has gusto and it's not a muscle car I've just never been you know into muscle cars but yet it has power and it still turns heads and when you hear that sound and you see the way it looks you could you admire it so I just love the 356a oh I do too I I've wanted one for so long. One of these days, I'm going to have one. I can't wait. It's just, I'm such a picky guy that it's got to be just right for me for that right car to come along. But um, very nice. 356A. I kind of thought you might answer that way, but that's very cool. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Renee, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. What's the worst thing for your car's interior? No, it's not that milkshake the kid spilled in the back seat. It's the sun. Harmful UV rays cook your automobile's interior hour after hour when it's parked outside, even on a cloudy day. What's the solution? Covercraft sunscreens. They protect your dash, seats, and interior finishes from those damaging UV rays while keeping the interior temperature tolerable, even on the hottest summer days. No more painfully sizzling seats and steering wheels for you. They unfold quickly and easily install stay where you put them, and are custom pattern for an exact fit. The foam core acts as a cooling insulator, and you can get yours in different colors and finishes. And they even fold up easily and store under your seat or on the floor. I've used Covercraft sunscreens for years, and they are a fast and easy solution that protect my beloved cars when they're not in the garage. Learn more and order yours at Covercraft.com. Want to protect your entire vehicle? Get a car cover from Covercraft. They have those too. That's Covercraft.com. And tell them Mark sent you. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people. But what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy too. Call 253-722-PLAN. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimble.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member, FINRA SIPC. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. 
This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah, and I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Five days a week, thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at com or connect with me through the Cars Yeah website at carsyeah.com. Okay, Renee, we are back and we're entering the last lap or in your uh, in your case, the last leg of the adventure, the kind of racing you do. And this is where I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Keep the revs up. I met Denise McCluggage at a Porsche oh, Rent Sport a few yeah, years ago, yeah. and uh, it was before I started racing. It was before my first race at La Carrera, and I walked over to her, and I sat down, and I told her what I was doing. I told her what kind of car I was driving, and she said, honey, you want to keep the revs up, <laughs> <laughs> and it's exactly what I keep telling myself with these you know, these low-horsepower yeah, cars yeah. is you really got to maximize that momentum and keep the revs up. You know, uh, oh, the late Denise McCluggage, what a wonderful lady. I was so fortunate to have her as a guest here on cars yeah before we lost her and uh yeah for those listeners that have not heard her show go back and find her show on cars yeah website denise mccluggage what a wonderful person and keep the revs up you know i had another great guest uh, bruce meyer who's a, a consummate car guy and that's his favorite saying keep the revs up so indeed with the 356 you got to do that stay on the power now how about a personal habit is there one that you have that you believe has helped contribute to your success over the years Yes, there's actually two things and they sort of are intertwined. One is I believe in prayer and before any I undertake anything, I just get quiet before God and l- just give what I'm doing to him and sort of have a sense of peace about it. Mm-hmm. The other thing I do is I do something called run the rock, which is an exercise that big wave surfers do where you kick a lava rock, you get underneath the water on the bottom of the sea floor, and you hold this thing and hold your breath and fight against everything that's telling you to come up for air and have to be focused and be calm and be at rest and hold your breath and go as far as you can. That's really helped me just to relax and keep my focus when I'm driving. So, you know, I grew up surfing in Southern California, so I know exactly what you're talking about. Do you actually do that? You go under the ocean and walk on the bottom with a big heavy rock? I do. I In Hawaii, I find a sandy bottom beach. I get a lava rock that'll hold me under. I, you know, get it out in the water and I dive down, cradle in my arms before taking, you know, I first take deep breaths mm-hmm. and just go as far and as long as I can holding that rock. And I love, that's like my all-time favorite thing to do in the ocean. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you just keep impressing me. Oh my this is, this is awesome. <laughs> yeah, it, it is a wonderful way to build up strength and endurance and, of course, your breath and all that. There's so much you have to focus on down there. So, uh, wow, that is very, very cool. I love that. Now, if you could have a drink with anyone in the automotive industry or field, living or deceased, who would it be? It would be Senna. Uh. You know, I watched that movie. I have tremendous respect for that man. The scene in the movie which was the Saturday before the Sunday, I believe, when he lost his life. And you could see the look on his face and in his eyes, and he knew what he was going to do and what it was going to cost him. And he said his commitment to his team, that he had given his word and what he was there to do, and he went ahead and carried through with that commitment. And it cost him his life. And uh, it's amazing. Yeah, Ayrton Senna is one of my racing heroes as well. In fact, I like what he did so much that I have a quote of his on the back of my business cards that I've shared with my listeners before. 
And the quote is, the past is just data. I only see the future. And it's a wonderful idea that always looking ahead in your life, don't worry so much about what's in the back or in the rearview mirror. That's why that mirror is so much smaller than the windshield. Always be looking forward down the road. So, wow, we've got a few things in common. This is very cool. I feel very (laughs) honored. Now, if there's a book that you have read that you'd like to share with our listeners, what would it be? You know, I don't have a book that I would read over and over or would recommend, but I am an ardent reader of the classics. And when I say classics, I mean early 1900s or older. And I just think that the the life stories and the way that things were written really do a transformation of people and their character. And anyway, I just encourage people to read the classics. The classics. Can you name just one, for example, just uh, off the cuff? Oh, how about Last Last of the Mohicans or any in that series? They're just phenomenal. It was phenomenal. Yeah, absolutely. Very nice. My son's smiling right now. He loves reading those old classics. Oh, my gosh. Got a whole library full of them. Well, listeners, you can find links to all these great resources Renee has been so kind to share on her show notes page at carsyeah.com slash Renee Brinkerhoff, B-R-I-N-K-E-R-H-O-F-F is the spelling of her last name. She's the second Renee that's been on the show here at Cars Yeah, so uh, check it out. We're up to the checkered flag here, Renee, and this last question can be a bit of a doozy. If you could have only one cool collector car in your garage, I'm going to let you keep your Porsches. Let's kind of move those aside because those are race cars, so they don't count here. One cool collector car in your garage, but money's no object. I'm going to buy you whatever you'd like today. What would that car be and why? Oh my gosh. Okay. I, I got to tell you what, I am a Porsche file through and through. Okay. I'm sorry to say it. No, that's okay. If I could have any car, it would be the 550 Spider. Oh. Absolutely love that car. That I would feel like I'd gone to heaven if I had one of those in my garage and I could drive it daily. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, again, uh, we share something. That's one of my bucket list cars for sure. Years ago, I bought a Beck Spider that had been built by John Wilhoyt, who's a very well-renowned Porsche 356 restoration expert down in Long Beach. And he built this Beck Spider using all Porsche parts. And my son, when he was eight years old, and I flew down and we spent five days driving it back up the coast. Wonderful little car. It even had a Porsche 356 engine in the back, which was pretty cool. A 56 engine, actually. So uh, that was kind of neat. But yeah, the real deals. Uh, I've only been able to sit in one. I've never been able to drive a real 550 Spider, but yeah, that's on my list too. But they have gotten very, very expensive. So you're, you're going to cost me a pretty penny, Dave. That's okay, Renee. <laughs> I'm happy to buy one for you. That would be cool, wouldn't it? Uh, well, Renee, you have taken us on an awesome ride today. I'm so impressed with you, and I really have enjoyed your stories. And I want to thank you for sharing your incredible journey and inspirational journey with the Cars Out listeners. Could you offer us one parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you rip off into the sunset in that 550 spider yes i would say go to those places where you're afraid conquer your fears and great things can happen ah again more inspiration definitely worth thinking about write that down put it up on your computer so you look at it every day and uh, who knows maybe you too might be down there in mexico driving the la carrera panamericana very nice What's the best way of our listeners to learn more about you and follow along with what you're doing? Well, I would suggest going to our website, racevalkyrie.com. And then we have an Instagram, Valkyrie Racing. And in a few weeks, we're going to announce what's going on. And that's where you'll learn about it. Definitely. Well, listeners, again, I'll put links to that here on Renee's show notes page at carsyad.com. Follow along. I'm going to be following along with bated breath, just waiting to hear what you're up to. I'm so excited for you. It sounds absolutely spectacular. 
I want to thank you for sharing your time today and being so generous with your expertise and your experiences with our listeners. Until we talk again, I'll see you, Renee, down the road. Thank you, Mark. You're welcome. What's every automotive enthusiast dream? To design and build that perfect garage. My friends at Metron Garage are a group of creative talents who've combined their passion for cars with their careers in architecture. Their service includes unique garage design and state-of-the-art fabrication. They will create the coolest custom garage for you and your vehicles. Metron Garage's system features fully engineered commercial-grade material and structural framing that's stronger than traditional construction. Their designs are pre-engineered to meet your building codes for fast, bolt-together construction. With over 25 years of experience, you'll see a 3D rendering to visualize your custom garage, and the final structure will fulfill all your storage needs. Contact Metron Garage today and begin realizing your dream garage. Go to metrongarage.com. That's metrongarage.com. Garages built for discerning enthusiasts. Where it's not just a garage, it's where your dream garage comes true. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!